Welcome to Consume for Good. I'm Billy. And I'm Emily. And we're an everyday couple working our way through plant-based keto. Join us as we discuss topics that are relevant to our journey. Uh, before we get started, if you are thinking about changing your diet or maybe going down this same route that we are, please consult an expert to make sure it is the right uh, path for you. With that said, let's get started. Yeah, so this week I wanted to talk about something that we really haven't spent some spent a whole heap of time um, thinking about really or or exploring and that's where where does veganism come from so I definitely like I said we haven't spent much time and and I think there's lots of organizations that are relatively newer but is there a history of veganism that predates that I guess yeah so any guesses uh I mean I know a lot of the the stuff that I read comes from the Vegan Society of England, so I'm a, and I think that they're one of the first societies that has existed. So I'd assume that it's something around the time that they got started, but I don't know what time they actually got started. Yeah, so definitely they are one of the largest vegan societies, but they are by no means the first vegans. Um, that society we'll get to it later on, but is still in the terms of human history still relatively new. I'm not saying the founders are still alive. I don't think the vegan diet is quite that good, but it's still relatively new for human history. So to kind of talk with veganism, obviously veganism is inherently linked to vegetarianism, right? A lot of people go in between or start as vegetarians and then move to vegans or vice versa if veganism is too strict. So it's vegetarianism is a big part of the history of veganism. And one of the things when I was looking up sort of the history of it, I think it helps to really understand that link of how they are tied and and one of the articles was saying veganism is an extreme form of vegetarianism i don't really like the word extreme but you can see what they mean vegetarianism is that not eating animals veganism is taking that step further of just not having any animal products in your diet mm -hmm. right and so although the term veganism is relatively new 1944 which again very new still mm -hmm. when you think about it the idea of not eating animals or anything related to it actually has a much longer history for me when i think of vegetarian particularly like vegetarian cuisine and what cuisine has the broadest spectrum of vegetarian options do you want to give it a guess of like what what cultural what culture might have the longest history of vegetarianism uh, i'm just gonna go out on a limb and i'm probably gonna say like indian like asian mm -hmm. uh uh region mm -hmm. uh just because i know within the religion side of some of the religions that are practiced over there, there's a lot bigger, um, you know, vegetarian options and, and different things like that. So I, I'm assuming that that might be it, but that could just be a, just a good guess. <laughs> it is. So for most accounts, you are right. Um, and I think you made a good point of like the religious aspects is why it's still such a, a diet that's taken so seriously as well. Like even now in lots of different regions of India, because it's such a large country, obviously, uh, each region is different, but lots of regions have much stricter rules or lesser rules, so it sort of fluctuates, but I do agree. It's it's a huge part of that um, culture and, and a big part of, of India still. So vegetarianism itself can be traced to Indus Valley civilization, which is sort of like what we now call India, sometimes called the Indian continent. Again, it's a big land space that over time borders have shifted, mm -hmm. um, but it's particularly uh, found in sort of the history of northern and western ancient India. Again, I think when there's religion tied to it, um, it's a big part of, of where, and also it's a big part of the cultural practice of mm -hmm. that religion. Um, there's lots of mentions of vegetarianism throughout history. 
So they um, definitely, Indians were not the only people mentioned. Vegetarianism was mentioned by a lot of philosophers as well. And I think this is a good example of just really, they by no means were the first. Because if you think, let me add some dates. So the, the Indus Valley civilization is 3,300 to about 1,300 BC. Mm-hmm. I think they call it BCE now. Um, whereas the philosophers, that's more like 500 BC. And really that's more of who wrote it down, right? They would mm-hmm. say yeah. history's <laughs> revised well, by the winners. I think that there's always a little bit of uh, who got to it first or, right? or who was better or you know what happened to be a part of specific mm-hmm. uh, stories that everyone is pretty familiar with. So. Yeah. So a well-known uh, Greek philosopher, and one that maybe people have heard of, right, um, is Pythagoras. Mm-hmm. So if you went to high school, you probably know his theory around triangles, right? <laughs> um, wrote about vegetarianism. So was a vegetarian himself and, and wrote about that. Again, thousands of years before people have been doing it, but because he as a philosopher wrote down, which may be where some of that stereotype of vegan personalities, right? That they're very <laughs> wistful and happy to tell other people how to live their lives. It's not uncommon from philosophers, you know? <laughs> but he's one of the more famous ones and promoted the whole idea that we should be treating all species, not just humans, how we would like to be treated. So a much more non-violent stance on it. Um, like you said, other religions throughout history, so Buddhism, Hinduism, and Jainism, which I have to admit I'm not familiar with, um, have advocated for vegetarianism, believing that humans should not inflict pain on other animals. So similar to what Pythagoras was saying, and probably where Pythagoras got it from, (laughs) some of those bases of it's all about that equity among species Mm -hmm. and ensuring that they're treating animals as humans would like to be treated. So there's a few more people that are well-known throughout history as vegans, And I have to admit, I have not heard of these. I'm not uh, a history major at college or even philosopher. So it's the names that are less familiar to me. But they're all in that early years between between where we just left off with our Greek philosophers, but before sort of our modern society has taken on. So one of the first known vegans, not just vegetarians, but vegans, was an Arab poet named Al-Murai. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm going to try um, and he was living around the time, the turn of the first millennia, so 900 to 1000 sort of time. And again, his argument was animal welfare, but also based, that's one of the first people that sort of argued on the basis of health, of that this is a healthier diet, not just one that's sort of a morally better diet, but the health aspect of it as well. Yeah, which is interesting that it translates to to now, you know, I mean, so long ago mm-hmm. before you really had medical science and, and really had a way of studying these things. It's interesting that they were kind of talking about it then. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of stuff that's coming up now is really, you know, it's the kind of the inside of your body and what mm-hmm. a lot of animal products are doing. And, you know, some people are attributing that to there's a possibility that we really shouldn't have been eating these things in the first place. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, the body is just kind of adapting in, in different ways. And those ways tend to be detrimental to health. Mm-hmm. Now, there is still a lot of studies going on and they're still trying to find these things. So this is not, you know, set in stone about that. But it is interesting that, you know, even as far back as then, people mm-hmm. were still saying that, you know, there is some health benefits to it yeah and i guess his sort of view on it came from a book the abstinence from animal food which was written 
268, so a long time ago, on this sort of idea that animals as well as humans deserve justice, right? And so it's it's really interesting how, like you said, it's been around, it's not new, and it's, although I think sometimes it seems like it's a very new fad diet, but it hasn't. And this as well, we wanted to make sure that we covered this part of vegetarianism and veganism, because I think quite often this diet is promoted almost as a new fad thing, like look at this new research. And for many cultures, they have been living a vegetarian and in some cultures, vegan diet for a long time. And they have known, they maybe didn't need the research, but have known the benefits of living that sort of diet and feeling, particularly when it's tied to religion, feeling that balance between their world and the world they live in, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's really important to remember that that's where it comes from. And although it may be newer to some of us, that it does have a long history and it's not something that we've just recently discovered. Well, and we're also seeing this kind of this new push of, mm-hmm. of environmentalism being mm-hmm. kind of tied into people changing their diets, eating less meat or trying to cut meat out completely because you know, a lot of studies have shown that the processing and the, and the growing and the creating of animal products is very detrimental to the environment. And that's really something that's relatively new that we're now paying attention to versus, you know, a thousand, two thousand years ago. So I think that it seems new because a lot more people are jumping into mm-hmm. it because we see this uh, environmental impact and that's mm-hmm. what we're kind of going after. And there's just like us, there's a lot of people that see that benefit of eating less animal products. Um, but you know, I think that that's where you're starting to see this kind of new wave mm-hmm. of people getting involved in it. Well, and that I think also, like you said, is down to the industrial complex of meat production, right? A lot of these people we're talking about were pre-industrial revolution. So mm-hmm. the whole the whole start of it that then led to what we now see as normal parts of society, they lived a much more balanced life with their environment. They they, even if they were eating animals, they it was a, on a much smaller sphere. So they were in tune with, with their community and how much food and animals were needed to sustain it. So I think we have become really removed for such a long time with that mm-hmm. industrial complex. And now people are, like you said, starting to realize that us removing ourselves from maybe how meat products are processed and the impact they have, um, it wasn't to our benefit. And now we have some making up to do. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess really, you know, that kind of segues into like veganism in the West because, right, it's obviously, it's very old and in the traditions and and who's talked about it and who has, you know, from a philosophical standpoint Mm -hmm. to a just, you know, even an animal welfare plus maybe even, uh, you know, from medical reasons, I I think that it kind of transitions us into like, how do we come to the idea of veganism now in western cultures and how that western cultures have really adopted it and put their spin on the on the idea yeah so like we said before the word veganism itself was created in 1944 but almost 100 years before the first vegetarian society was formed in england so right before the vegan society um and shortly after that the first american vegetarian society was formed interestingly by the inventor of graham crackers reverend sylvester graham Hmm. yeah um and he again sort of tried to link it to his religion and (laughs) he the research i did it said that he was a presbyterian minister and his followers called grahamites or grahamites i guess they should be right graham crackers obeyed his instructions for a virtual life vegetarianism, temperance, abstinence, and frequent bathing. <laughs> that, 
breakfast is key to a good life. So that sort of really, I think, brought vegetarian to a lot of people's attention. It, it created more of that community for people maybe looking for an alternative diet um, in the 1840s. And then in the 1940s, 1944, in England, a British woodworker named Donald Watson announced that because vegetarians ate dairy and eggs, he was going to create a new term called vegans. And when I was reading it, it was very specific. He, he was very specific about how to pronounce vegans. So make sure you say it right. <laughs> and he created this term to distinguish between vegetarians and people like himself who didn't want to eat dairy or eggs. He was a man of his time and thinking about what was going on. Tuberculosis had been found in 40% of British cows that year, or the year before, sorry. And Watson used this to an advantage, claiming that it proved a vegan lifestyle would protect people from tainted food. So his idea was even if you're not eating meat, if you're still consuming dairy that's coming from cows with tuberculosis, it was pre-vaccine, it was, you know, it was a terrible disease that lots of people suffered from. Um, he saw it as a way to protect people from it. It says he did use that to his advantage, so I don't know how much of it was a purely just to help people out or if he saw it as a good advantage to promote his diet with everything else that's going on. But it does make sense, I think, that idea of whole standards within meat. Like we were saying, the how meat's made has changed mm -hmm. over time. And we all know that the further back you go in history, the less regulation, the less rules. And meats do have to be prepared properly. And we know throughout times that they weren't always. So if he saw it as a chance to, to offer a safer option for people mm -hmm. to eat, then I could see why he would be promoting that. Yeah, and it makes sense because that was before, I I might be wrong on the timing, but this is, I think, before pasteurization when it came to milk was also kind of a thing. So if there was something that you could get from the milk, that's obviously pasteurization is, is heat treating the milk to kill off any anything bad. So it would make sense that milk was maybe more give and take when it came to mm -hmm. things uh, when you were drinking it. So, uh, I mean, that, that might be a little off, but it would make sense that, you know, to be able to kind of, pivot to something like this like hey look you know you, you're not getting sick because you're not basically you're removing that whole step so for sure and i think this culturally was such a that century was such a time of change where there was so much being invented obviously compared to the billions of inventions that get invented now mm -hmm. it doesn't seem as much but that was a huge amount of change in their societies throughout that century and people were constantly being introduced to new ideas and new concepts again so similar we're just used to it i think there was a more conscientious here's the new idea and people would discuss it and take it on board but i do see that that's in a time where there was uncertainty about your food and i'm sure that was a worry for a lot of people and like you said we didn't they didn't have some of the procedures we do now to eliminate some of those risks and i could see how it it could have burst onto the scene as an alternative mm -hmm. Yeah. And the society itself has since grown. Yeah, so when it comes to the, the vegan society, obviously you hear us speak to, speak to that quite mm -hmm. often. Um, it's a great place to really find not just research, but ideas and different things mm -hmm. about the diet. I think, you know, you think about like the mid-90s and really there was kind of this stigma of people that were trying to eat less meat and the, the products that they were eating. And, and let's face it, the products were not the best. <laughs> so it really kind of, it was... You know, not only are you changing your diet, but you're eating, you know, non-tasty food. Yeah, and food, right? so, so there's yeah. this whole like kind of stigma that, that came along with it. And now that, you know, you're seeing this shift in like, we eat great food. I feel like the food that we eat has a lot mm -hmm. of flavor and it's very good. And, you know, I'm not missing 
the things that you know we've removed so uh, i i would say that this is kind of long story short is is we have utilized the vegan society to you know find information and you know make sure that when we're presenting things that we're presenting in the most correct manner right research things like that are always changing so okay. it's not a, there's a possibility that something could be wrong from the time that we talk about it to the time that someone listens either now or down the road but really it's a good reputable source right they've really built that name uh and they don't really go what people quote unquote would say like you know stereotypical vegan of sure. pushing their ideas the resource is there if you want to use it and it's a great resource so we definitely recommend that you at least check it out yeah, I fully agree. I think they're very non-judgmental. It's there's a lot of articles about like how to make small steps and changes. So although veganism can be a bit scary because it is an all or nothing diet, if you fully transition onto it, I think they realize that nobody's perfect mm -hmm. and they have a lot of resources for taking that small step to just understanding that food chain and where things come from and how um, other animal products get into our foods, um, and and just being able to recognize those easier. They have lots of like you said, research, frequently asked questions. And for us, it's been a really nice resource. And I have to remember, I assume the first time we logged on, it would be like, this is why we're great and better than everyone else. This is the only way to live your life. And it's really not like that at all. And mm -hmm. I do appreciate that. Um, it's funny talking about vegetarianism and you saying that because I think because of the work of the vegan society has done in England, I think it is less of that stigma there because I know my parents through university very stereotypically when they were going to university and stuff were vegetarians for a while and my mum you know really enjoyed it I don't think it has quite the same stigma mm -hmm. I think it's still there it's still out there in England but I think the vegan society has done a lot of really good work to to try and build a really approachable um, image and not even that it has to be false it is true you know lots of vegans and vegetarians are normal people they're not doing anything different or living their life any better they're just making different choices right so i think they've done a lot of good work and they're always a great resource we're happy mm -hmm. to refer people to yeah definitely and uh you know something fun is november 1st so mm -hmm. just around the corner uh is world vegan day so animal free holiday began <laughs> in 94 um which you know is great but that's to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the vegan society so you know if you're thinking about doing going down this path removing animal products maybe trying plant-based first and slowly removing the, what you haven't quite removed this is a great day to really kind of show the support you know the more people as we've talked in in different episodes the more people that show interest the more likely things are going to change right mm -hmm. small changes big impact so as you know hashtag it throw something you know fun on instagram and really kind of show it off if it's something that interests you interests you because like you know getting the word out obviously mm -hmm. people know what it's about but i think a lot of this diet has really kind of come more back into light mm -hmm. as people are getting more concerned about yeah. the effects of animal products and the environment and your diet and your health so i think it's good yeah definitely it's worth checking out and it's it's always good to take a step or two and try some new things anyway yeah so with that that's really we wanted to keep it kind of short and sweet this mm -hmm. is more of a kind of informational episode it will help out with next week's episode mm -hmm. um did you want to tell us give us a little preview well, I just wanted to talk about more the image of veganism and how it's tied to some of our stereotypes again. And so I actually started to write that episode for this week 
But as I was writing it, I realized we really haven't gone over the history. It would be good to talk about where it comes from and some of those. Um, and definitely talking about the history will help us talk about how the image nowadays has been kind of misconstrued and how the image now of vegan is sometimes at a disconnect with its history. Hmm. Um, so I just wanted to make sure we covered that history so that we could understand that disconnect next week. Yeah. So join us next week for that. And in the meantime, if you haven't had a chance to check us out, we have a webpage where we like to post some recipes. I mm-hmm. uh, use those for uh, World Vegan Day if you want to <laughs> give those a try. Uh, we also throw pictures of anything we cook or anything we're eating uh, up on Instagram for fun so everyone can see how, how great it looks, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, check those out and uh, you can find that at Consume for Good. And then we look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, see you next week.